2: Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Sheldon Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. We've got a jam-packed lineup of guests, and I'm thrilled to kick it off with the Larry Levy Executive Director and Clinical Professor at the Kellogg Innovation and Entrepreneurship Initiative at Northwestern University. Linda Dara joins us here on Get Down to Business. Linda, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, it's great to have you. So um, we love to focus this program both on call the short term and the long term. And I know that you are so involved in that world of entrepreneurship, which often is sort of that long term conversation about business. But you have also been very laser focused on some short term resources for business owners, really in Chicagoland's neighborhoods. Let's start with that, Linda, and how you got involved. If you don't mind, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and where you call home. And and let's talk about some of these COVID initiatives you've been involved in.
4: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been around for many decades, um, but I think the key thing is I've always been involved in entrepreneurship. And I would say both the small business world, as well as the venture world. Um, I've done work in the impact space so it's been kind of a rounded experience. I've been at Kellogg School of Management now for almost eight years, um, changing up that curriculum, but really looking at what the needs are out there for entrepreneurship and how to um, and how to make the biggest difference um, and build more entrepreneurs here in the Chicagoland area.
2: And it's along just- the way, you've built up a very, very impressive, obviously network of both your uh, your your colleagues. Your Kellogg School of Management alumni and, and students, and you're using those resources to help the local community. Yes. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk yeah, a little so, bit about so that and what was, that looks like.
4: Yeah, so it was, it was interesting. Is you know when COVID hit, um, there were a lot of alumni and students who were going, "How can we help? How can we help?" Um, and I think we've all felt that urgency that we needed to help. Um, and certainly we look locally, you know, what are local businesses uh, facing and, and how can we help them? So we, we've used a platform that links our alumni and students to local businesses. Um, local businesses can select office hours to talk to specific people with the expertise they want. We also have short-term projects that are being done by alumni and students. So it's been, it's been a great collaboration. I think what we've seen over the last couple of uh, weeks is kind of the change where local businesses are. At the beginning, we really saw that they were struggling with that, you know, PPP, those applications, et cetera. And then what was fascinating is we saw people start moving virtually and really gaining some new customers. And so that was exciting um we also saw people trying to plan how how to you know do curbside delivery and other options um, retain customers so very interesting when everything was not open and how people adapted over the last 2 weeks um, a lot of the business owners have been heads down you know now's the time to reopen um, what we kind of are expecting is over the next couple of weeks is people understand how their customers have changed or maybe not changed. Um, that could impact how they look into the future and how over the long term they're going to manage changes um, in their business. And we're there to help.
2: Oh, it's fascinating. So uh, certainly u- utilizing the network. And you, you briefly touched on that a moment ago of, um, sort of that silver lining that we're always looking for on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that there actually are some businesses that have been able to pivot and be creative, even in the midst of COVID, to experience some greater success. Can you tell oh, us yeah. a little bit about some of those success stories?
4: Yeah, there was, there was one that was an exercise studio. And uh, she also went virtually and also got customers that were not in the neighborhood, they were in all kinds of er- other areas. And has gained customers. And her 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 question to us was, "Can you help us? Can you help me scale? Because um, I'm in a growth mode that I wasn't before." So that was very cool. We've also found, um, by the same token, there were some spe- specific food um, shops who went into an e-commerce model, and once again gained a lot more traction than they had ever anticipated. So this is where this you know now people are trying to figure out this hybrid model. Of being both retail as well as virtual,
2: and Linda, I have to assume that for your students at uh, at Kellogg, this must be a very interesting time. Um, they're ent- they're entering into a completely new, as we keep saying, the new normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you hearing from your students, and how are they planning their next business venture in a post-COVID world, whenever that might be?
4: So, actually, we, you know, there's no doubt that a lot of industries have been hit. But what's fascinating is where the opportunities are and people beginning to recognize the opportunities in telehealth. Um, Certainly the, you know, automation in warehouses uh, that is required, uh, the analytics that are required now to give transparency and real-time monitoring of of where goods are, Um, last mile logistics. Uh, You know, there's just a whole bunch of areas now that uh, since we've gone virtual, uh, we have to have our workforces work more productively, and we're finding that there's uh, a lot of businesses that are starting to grow rapidly. Um, as, and also, consumer behaviors change totally. People that weren't buying furniture online are now buying furniture online. So um, what we're trying to make open to our students is all these new opportunities and to, um, to kind of move to those.
2: And I grew up, uh, Linda, in an area that uh, that we fondly refer to as Skevenston, the Skokie and Evanston area six hundred two hundred three, and uh, and Northwestern University is is uh, sort of an institution that we you, I, I grew up talking about all of the time. So involvement in community and involvement in neighborhood uh, is something that that I've known. Uh, has been a part of the university's sort of infrastructure for a long time. But you're really taking it to the next level. You're, you're, You're utilizing this opportunity, as we said, finding a silver lining. Tell us a little bit about how your initiative is really connecting with, let's talk about Skokie and Evanston.
4: Yeah, and I think this is kind of interesting, is that what we did is we reached out to the alumni who were living in Skokie and Evanston and close by communities, to actually interact with the local businesses. And you know, for myself, right after this, I've got a break and I'm running down to a local jeweler who I found is one of our, you know, on the system and I'm gonna give her business because, you know, now I'm building new connections with local businesses that I didn't really know. So I think the alumni are really gaining that, you know, the community is coming together in new ways.
2: Uh, that's very, very exciting. So uh, tell us a little bit more uh, big picture and long-term um, when you get back to sort of the regular, uh, the regular norm of things. Linda, what, um, what, what sort of uh, classes and what sort of interesting things are you working on at, at Kellogg uh, that, are, that might be of interest to our business audience here on Get Down to Business?
4: Well, I think, you know, we're all learning together. So we will probably go back into the fall with both in-person and virtual which is what I was just saying, we're trying to help the local businesses do as well. So I think this whole experimentation of how we go digital in new ways, um, as we learn more, that we can offer that experience into the local community, I think it's going to be really important. Um, I also do a lot of things globally. And uh, using the virtual world to access people that we may never have accessed before, also brings great information for all of us to learn and get better.
2: Well, I really, really appreciate all that you are doing and, and really fascinated to come back and share some of those stories I've been chatting with Linda. There the Larry Levy, Executive Director and Clinical Professor at the Kellogg Innovation Entrepreneurship Initiative at Northwestern University. Lots of interesting information, Linda. Where can our listeners learn more if they want to connect and uh, perhaps benefit from some of, uh, some of your initiatives?
4: Um, they can certainly go to the Kellogg website and look up entrepreneurship and innovation. We've got um, some resources there that could be helpful for people.
2: Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, Linda, uh, really appreciate your time and uh, be sure to uh, continue to share, th- share those stories with us here on Get Down to Business. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And you are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I post regularly all sorts of resources for all of you business owners that are out there struggling through these times, uh, job seekers. We know that uh, there are so many of you out there. Lots of resources posted on my website, including the past six years of podcasts from the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomcline.com and follow me on Twitter at Chicago. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back uh, with more tips, advice, and information, including the fantastic team, AJ and Michael from uh, Ravenswood studio and Lucy creative, uh, will be joining us right after this quick break. Don't touch the towel. We'll be right back. Back on this show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And as promised, I'm thrilled to be joined by the founder and owner of Ravenswood studio, Michael Shapiro, uh, who's joined by AJ Gailey. Um, and uh, you guys have been doing some very, very fascinating things in general, uh, and, uh, and certainly uh, like so many of our other guests on Get Down to Business, pivoting. Um, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having
1: us. Yeah, really fun. Thank you. So yeah, let me just point out that, um, as you said, I'm the owner of Raven- and founder of Ravenswood Studio here in Lincolnwood, and AJ Gailey is my partner in uh, Lucy Creative, so we actually have two companies here: Ravenswood Studio, Lucy Creative.
2: Absolutely, no, uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And I've been reading up so much on uh, on all of your work, some fascinating projects. And we're going to talk about some of the uh, behind the scenes looks at some of the some of the local attractions and things that um, that uh, you and AJ have been working on together. Um, so 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 exciting! Tell us a little bit about the history of uh, of Lucy Creative.
1: Um. Sure. So maybe I'll just start really quickly with Ravenswood Studio. We're a, we started as a fabrication company. We have a, we currently have a hundred thousand square foot facility uh, here in Lincoln in Lincolnwood. And um, I don't know, AJ, was it five or six years ago that you came?
5: Nine years ago.
1: No, nine years ago. Oh God. <laughs> nine years ago. And um, what we wanted to do was offer more robust design services to our museum uh, and cultural and corporate clients. And so together we, um, you know, we worked hard over the last nine years and have, have put together a great team. And um, we, I think uh, Lucy has about 30 employees currently. Uh, Ravenswood has about 70 and um, yeah, it's going great. I don't know. AJ,
2: jump in here. Yeah,
4: yeah so, no, but, uh, go ahead.
2: If you can tell me a little bit about how Lucy Creative came out of Ravenswood Studio and uh, tell us a little bit uh, more of that story.
5: Sure. So um, I came knocking on Michael's door and bugging him for a while, begging him to hire me because <laughs> I really wanted to work with him in Ravenswood Studio. And together we saw an opportunity to get, in or get into projects much earlier in the process. So by really coming to our clients to help them with developing their stories and the um, for the specific visitors they wanted to attract, we are able to develop and evolve a company that focused on that while utilizing the resources of Ravenswood um, to help us figure out how to engineer and um, budget the projects as we were creating them. We like to say that we go to clients and we're not dream crushers anymore because we can actually show them what can be built and how it can be built.
2: Incredible. So I want to talk, um, and I just promised our listeners some behind-the-scenes looks, which is indeed challenging when you're talking on radio, Um, but we're going to do our best (laughs) over here. Uh, Your team, very talented team, I might add, at Ravenswood Studio and Lucy Creative have created together uh, some of the most fascinating exhibits at many, uh, many places that us Chicagoans have perhaps now just been enjoying by Zoom, but uh, surely we'll be getting back to in-person visits of. Um, Can you guys tell us a little bit about some of your success stories?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know, AJ. Do you want to talk about numbers in nature? That's a pretty big one at the Museum of Science and Industry.
5: Sure. Yeah. So the Museum of Science and Industry came to us and they asked us to help um, them make math fun for visitors and not scary. And so one of the challenges was, how do you do that? And then how do you make that interactive and immersive um, while bringing in a 2,500 square foot mirror maze in the middle? So we worked collectively with the museum, uh, a great partners at Leviathan Interactive, and media company, as well as Lucy and Ravenswood together to develop that experience, um, not only in a permanent fashion, but there's also now a traveling version that's going around the country uh, to your science centers around um, the U.S.
2: Right. And we're now living in a in a whole new era, which I just implied a moment ago. Of uh, we we are slowly getting back to normal, um, whatever the new normal looks like. And you are working with your clients, I understand, in uh, the plans for reopening, which includes obviously that wayfinding signage. What do some of those public spaces? Um, what will that look like um, as uh, as we uh, potentially move into phase four over the coming weeks? And and people want to feel safe, but they also want to enjoy all that chicago and the world has to offer
5: yeah and michael i can jump in here for this one one of the things that we're working very closely with museums around the country to help them focus on is how to take what they have existing in their museums today and redesign or relay them out and able to absorb and manage the new types of visitors that are going to be coming through so that might include refocusing the traffic flow and the way that visitors walk through an exhibit now they're going to become more linear versus exploratory. Um, looking at taking away interactives it may be hard to clean and operate, as well as rethinking um, how the docents that you might see in an exhibit today might facilitate conversations with visitors, um, you know, in that capacity. Uh,
2: really, really interesting. And Michael, if I could go to you on this one, I'm curious also how uh, your very creative team, indeed, your company is called Lucy Creative. Um, how? COVID has affected the way your team has been collaborating together. Um, you just talked about how you're working with your customers, but what about internally? Uh, always fascinated that behind the scenes look. Well, yeah, Lucy Creative,
1: of course, is the design firm, and so all those people were able to um, to go work from home immediately. It, it was actually sort of astonishing that the infrastructure you know with zoom and these online platforms was so robust and in place already that we actually had no trouble making that transition to working from home these are uh, graphic designers 2d designers or 3d designers content developers etc um you know it's 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 a, it's challenging in that it's certainly more interesting to be in a room full of people to be able to collaborate on things but doing it virtually works
2: surprisingly well that's incredible so uh aj back over to you uh as uh, as you look at uh the the future and um you start to think about uh you know some of the things that your clients are you know are talking to you about now where do you see uh sort of your work over the next five years
5: you know it's funny you ask that we've been working on that and talking to clients a lot about that too I think what we're seeing and hearing from visitors as our museum clients have been reaching out to their communities to ask them what would make them come back um, and what would make them feel comfortable. We're certainly seeing the desire um, to bring people back into the spaces. There's a very different type of experience, educational and experience-wise, that you can get on the internet over Zoom or a virtual visit to a museum that you um, are missing that you can get in an actual institution within the four walls and sharing in that experience. So I think we're definitely gonna see the trend to continue to continue to build those institutions and invest in them. Um, but we're just gonna be taking a little bit different approach in the technologies and tactics that we take with materials and how people go through space. Mm.
2: Really, really interesting. And you've talked about some of the examples, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of the projects in Chicago that some of our listeners might recognize. Can you uh, share a couple of your more interesting uh, engagements, um, which I'm sure have also been very exciting for you to work on?
1: Yeah, we should also talk about maybe Cantini. AJ, that would be a good one.
5: Yeah, Um, if anyone listening has been out to Cantini Park in Wheaton um, we developed, designed, and built the new re-envisioned First Division Museum. And that's a military museum that's um, owned and operated by the McCormick Foundation. And I think everyone in Chicago knows who, who they are. So that's a great institution, um, very immersive and experiential exhibits. We've, we're working recently with the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center in Skokie on updating their core gallery. Um, And so that's been a great engagement. Ravenswood has also built the Take a Stand exhibit, the hologram Holocaust survivor experience. It's on the lower level. Mm, Right. Visitors have been there. Um, And then, you know, Northbrook Court, hopefully some of our North Shore listeners have been there recently. The uh, play space at Northbrook Court Mall um, that's right next door to Janie and Jack, uh, Ravenswood and Lucy designed and built as well.
1: Can we talk about ComEd? Is that okay to talk about, AJ?
5: Sure. Opening soon. Uh, in this fall, we have partnered um, in a creative and a, a construction standpoint with the ComEd Community Center that will be on um, the north side of Chicago here at their new building. Um, I can't think of the address right now, but hopefully we can send you a link, Shalom, and you can put that up on the website for people to check out. Um, oh, yeah. is-
2: I would love to. I would love yeah. to. Really, it's really a- amazing project, and I mm-hmm. encourage all of our listeners, get out there. Get out there and visit. Um, support, obviously, the local uh, the local. Uh, community functions and 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 really creative exhibits that uh, designed by the incredible team at Lucy Creative uh, put in place by uh, by, by by Ravenswood. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. So we're running out of time. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find out all about your Lincolnwood based team. Uh, can you share some contact information?
5: Sure. Go check out our websites at lucicreative.com or ravenswoodstudio.com. We can both link up there to each other's companies. So check out our work and say hello.
2: Absolutely. Well, Michael Shapiro, uh, AJ Gailey, thank you so much for joining us on the show. All about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Come back real soon. We will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. And coming up after the break, we'll be joined by yet another small business owner with another fascinating story. You're listening to get down to business. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. You can download the past six plus years of shows. We'll be back after these quick headlines and get Down to Business. Hey, welcome back. I'm thrilled to bring in the husband and wife team, the owners of service master restoration. I've got Sam Simon and, and Nisutza uh, Mabwa. Um, an incredible, incredible story, an amazing team um, uh, that's so focused on servicing the business community and quite a COVID story. Um, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with uh, who you guys are and, and tell us a little bit about the business and we'll get into your COVID story in just a minute.
6: Okay, I'm Nasucha Mabwa, and I'm president of Service Master Restoration by Simons, and Sam Simon is uh, manager of operations, and we've been in business for about seven years, and we're located in uh, the North Shore and also in Chicago, and we service the greater metropolitan area, Chicago.
2: Two locations, Chicago and North Shore, um, and uh, you know many of us uh, are familiar with uh, Service Master, Service Master by Simons, a um, really interesting business. Um, and it's, it's an important, important time. First of all, how long have you been in business? About seven years. Seven years. So uh, COVID comes around over the past couple of months. And like many business owners, you guys were struggling. Tell us a little bit about that, that story um, and, uh, and sort of how you have pivoted. Um, you know, all of our listeners love to learn about uh, success stories. And hopefully they can learn a thing or two as well.
0: Sure. Uh, so uh, COVID came along. And uh, there was the big shock, I think, uh, is a good way to describe it. And, and uh, the big shutdown, uh, the shelter in place and the quarantine in place. Uh, so a lot of uh, businesses shut down. Uh, and we uh, we were quite concerned ourselves. Uh, we have young children and we, uh, we have staff that have young children. And so we uh, made the uh, decision to close the company temporarily, at least quarantine ourselves um, and decide what our next step was. Uh, The phones kind of stopped ringing because I believe uh, people were concerned about face to face contact with anybody at that point. And and part of our business model is that we have to have face to face contact with the customer when there's a water damage or there's a fire damage or a mold remediation. Uh, So the phone, go ahead.
2: And, and and Sam, you you, you talked a, a moment ago about how you guys have been in business for um, for seven plus years, and uh, and you've been busy. But obviously, having a family was a concern. And I think it's fair to say we we uh, we we communicated prior to the show uh, that this took you by surprise. Um, so the phone stopped ringing, and then you discovered something from um from your corporate office. I I, I believe uh, some resources. Tell us a little bit about that and how now your phone has not stopped ringing.
0: Sure. So ServiceMaster Corporate uh, started putting out these communications to the franchises nationwide about how to start, how to begin servicing uh, customers for COVID-19 disinfection, uh, cleaning and disinfection services and decontamination. And we, Nasuchi and I talked about it. We were kind of watching the communications and then we said, okay, we better, we better get in on this because, uh, we're, we're kind of businesses stopped. And so, uh, I created a, uh, COVID-19 cleaning and disinfection webpage on our website. Uh, and almost overnight the phone started ringing. Uh, people were concerned, people were scared, people were, didn't know what to ask for, or didn't know what to do. And the and, and I coming from a, uh, uh, we both, uh, we met as social workers, uh, and we knew we had to do something. We knew we had to get in there, and people needed help. People needed guidance, and we, we drew from our experience as administrators and coordinators to begin uh, to help customers begin the process of adjusting, getting cleaned, and getting disinfected.
2: Well, it's such a critical service, and everybody is seeking um, you know guidance in terms of how they can safely um, get back into their workplace, whatever the case may be, and certainly those resources uh, that were provided to you, and now your phone ringing off the hook. I'm really, really fascinated, Natasha, about, uh, about that background of social workers and how it's allowed you uh, and how, it, how it's, it's helped you in your communication with your clients. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, perhaps advice that you might have to some of our listeners that might be tuning in?
6: For sure. I mean, I think customers are just looking for, and that's commercial uh, customers and residential, just peace of mind and somebody who is professional and kind and has enough empathy to help them through this process. In COVID-19, this pandemic is very scary. There's a lot of unknowns and it's touched so many people. So because of our background, we're used to speaking to people one-on-one or in smaller groups. We understand that one-to-one human connection. And you just have to be personable and just listen. A lot of it's just listening to the person on the other line, what they need, and trying to then respond to them and provide the right services that are appropriate. But there is a, you know, some long phone calls. There is a lot of you know, kind of on-phone therapy, which is fine. And then I think when the, the teams are on the site, there's also a degree of that as well in person. And that's just what it requires. But we do that often with our water and fire damage restoration in massive and major disasters. So we're comfortable doing that.
2: Sure. And respond you have. uh, I've been chatting with the owners, husband and wife team at uh, ServiceMaster by Simons, um, both in Chicago and the North Shore. Um, If you guys can uh, share your website, contact information, that would be most helpful.
6: Yes, for sure. We are at www.ServiceMasterBySimons.com. And you can also find us at Service Master Restoration by Simons on Facebook and uh, get more information there about COVID-19 cleaning and disinfection services. Eight five five nine simons
2: Well, very, very much appreciate you guys joining us on the air, sharing your story and perhaps more importantly, uh, the advice uh, that you have. Well, that are back get down to business in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Back Chicago, you're listening to Get Down to Business, and as you know, I have been uh, making a conscious effort every week on this show uh, to bring in uh, business owners uh, that uh, that are you know retired military currently serving in the National Guard and reserves, uh, highlighting the amazing, amazing contributions of service members. And I'm thrilled, long overdue, and bringing in my good friend Robert Lewis who is the program manager for the Illinois Higher Heroes uh, Consortium. It's an incredible, incredible effort um, which, uh, of Illinois employers that are recognizing the great value uh, veterans bring to the workplace and operationalize that term veteran friendly. So, uh, Robert, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Shalom.
3: It's a pleasure to be on your show, man. It's long overdue, as you said.
2: Long overdue, and we're going to highlight some of the incredible work that you um, and some of your colleagues across state governments are are committed uh, to uh, improving the business landscape for uh, for those that have served our great, great country. So, uh, Robert, I love to get to know the person behind the microphone Um, you have served, and uh, I want to talk about your service and how it's led to where you're at right now. Um, You're not an Army guy, but I still let you in on on the show. Tell us a little bit about your service. Yeah,
3: you're a great host, but uh, I won't say you chose the wrong branch. No, No, I I, uh, man, I'm a uh, United States Marine Corps veteran. Um, And by the way, Shalom, thank you for your service, man, and everything you're doing for the business community, man. It's outstanding. Thank you, sir. Uh, So my military background, uh, four years in the United States Marine Corps, I was a 1391, which is a bulk fuel specialist for my service, uh, subject-based matter expert expertise. Um, I also served um, on a um, deployment with the Navy. I was able to pretty much go to every continent uh, and serve in every space uh, that I, I once dreamed about going to. My service was one of the best times of my life, probably the second best decision besides marrying my wife,
2: um, <laughs> but your service has continued, um, which is a yes. very common theme, and that really ties into everything that we're going to talk about. Your service has continued, and your commitment to help others serve um, has m- become a major part of your professional life. So you retire from the marine Corps and uh, and now, aside for a number of other things, um, you are in the world of state government. Um, but in particular in managing the program of the Illinois Hire Heroes Consortium. Let's get right into it. What is IHHC?
3: Certainly. So IHHC is the Illinois Hire Heroes Consortium. Uh, It's a joint partnership between the Illinois Department of Employment Security and the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, What we do is uh, we recognize and operationalize employers um, who want to be seen as veteran-friendly, Um, They want to follow initiatives uh, that will make them experts in recruiting, hiring, and supporting veterans on a new career. Um, And so we do everything from uh, subject-based matter expert classes virtually now with uh, COVID-19 in place. Uh, We also hold uh, hiring events and resource fairs uh, with our 200-plus IHC members across the state. So if there are any employers out there who'd like to be known as veteran-friendly, we love to have you. Uh, and um, we do a lot of things with our partners, uh, the Chicago Wolves out in Rosemont, Illinois, also Edelman Public Relations, KPMG International, just to name a few. Uh,
2: that's incredible. And I know that there are three pillars, which are really all call it in the world of human resources, but really Anybody that is listening to this program, if you are a business owner, you need to be a part of IHHC. I know that, uh, that I've heard from so many of our listeners that are indeed call it military friendly, veteran friendly. It's not just if you have an employment opportunity. Let's get into their There are three pillars, recruiting, human resource training, and retention and support practices. Robert, can you give us a little bit of the explanation of, of how IHHC is coordinating um, the, uh, the incredible efforts of Illinois business owners.
3: Well, absolutely. So every year, uh, unfortunately this year, we were not able to have the third annual IHHC luncheon and certificate presentation where we recognize new IHHC members. Uh, these members uh, in our consortium, uh, they not only understand veteran culture or military and family veteran culture. Uh, they understand and operationalize these terms that we've put in place. So one of the key things is uh, understanding the translation of military service into a corporate setting, knowing how uh, a veteran's uh, experience on what a colleague of mine calls planet veteran, Uh, everything that they learn, everything that they do, is completely different uh, as far as how it, uh, it presents itself in the corporate America world. So I help them with those translations. I create a bridge, if you will, between the veteran uh, candidate and the employer uh, who would like to hire them. So we make it to where their talent acquisition specialists, their hiring managers, as well as their recruiters, are well equipped to do that job.
2: And I should mention that the IHHC, again, the Illinois Hire Series Consortium is a uh, is a program housed within the Illinois Department of Veteran Affairs and. Really, the work of IDVA is really to completely and totally support um, those that have served. And uh, that begins um, while somebody is serving. Um, many of us in the military are, are, you know, we know our DD-214s and our discharge documentations and all that sort of good stuff. Um, but it also continues all the way into the veterans home. So we're going to squeeze in a quick break, Robert. And when when we get back, we're going to talk about um, about the law. And we're going to talk about the proactive things that any business owner and any entrepreneur really that that might be tuning into the show um, really can do to support that veteran community. Robert, um, you know, from IHHC, just thank you for all that you're doing. We're going to be back and continuing the conversation in just a very quick moment on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been chatting with Robert Lewis, the program manager at the Illinois Hires Heroes Consortium. Uh, Just an incredible, incredible effort of of supporting uh, those that have served as well as uh, really consolidating and bringing together Illinois employers um, that, uh, as Robert has said several times, operationalize that term veteran friendly. Uh, So, Robert, we were just talking a little bit about uh, the law. There is USERA, which is the law that relates to uh, hiring uh, those uh, that might be currently serving in the uh, Guard and Reserve. Um, but you really take it a step further. That, that's, that's the call in reactive. You're very focused on proactive and talking about the the advantages that, that veterans bring to the workplace. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of those advantages and what you have experienced firsthand.
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, during my four years with the Marine Corps, um, you know, one of the things I always tell folks uh, when they ask about my service Uh, they asked me what my job was. And, and I tell them, you know, I was a 1391 bulk fuel specialist, but it encompassed so much more, you know, not only was I um, an expert with my rifle, not only was I combat trained, but uh, my training also, you know, I was a hazardous material uh, person who was specialized in handling hazardous materials. I uh, crossed, Reference work with the Navy, a cross-reference work with uh, the Air Force. We did so many different things, so many different duties that it's really hard to um, just say I was a bulk fuel specialist. So leadership skills, you know, as an E3 or an E4 in the military, um, you're easily uh, a couple years into your service, you're already understanding your job uh, as an expert, and you're able to teach the younger. Um, candidates or veterans that are or military personnel that are coming behind you. So you're able to share that experience. So you have that management uh, type level of experience. I tell people that just because uh, the person was maybe not have the, the rank of Sergeant um, you have to look at the fact that they were either a Lance corporal or corporal. That person has a level of management that could easily handle a staff of 10 to 12. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things come into play. Uh, not only are we self-disciplined, not only do we have a self-motivation bone in our body, but we're, we're able to take on tasks whenever given, and we do it selflessly. Um, so we're always service-first minded. Um, that's something important to realize. Um, and then the all-important thing that people ask me, well, because of your service, uh, do you ever get tired of giving? No, if I joined the military, if you, if a person joins the military and they had service in their heart, they're always that person. Um, it's just a matter of the capacity in which they can do so. Well,
2: it's uh, and I apologize to our listeners for all the Marine Corps talk over there. You know, in the Army, we we, we have different uh, we have different ranks. But um, Robert, we got, um, them, we got something for
3: them. Those we got
2: something for them. That's right. Well, I appreciate your service and your continued service. Um, and, and really, uh, right now, while we might be in a tough economy and everybody you know, is talking about the unemployment, the reality is that companies will need to hire fast and attract talent. That's what IHHC, the Illinois Hires Heroes Consortium, is really all about. So, Robert, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find you and the incredible work that you're doing. Um, what's the best website, phone number uh, that people can reach you at?
3: A direct number to me now during COVID 19 is 708 916 3653. I'm also uh, on the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs website. So that's uh, uh, just Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs.org uh, under the link of Illinois Highest Heroes Consortium. Um, you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn, Robert Lewis. Uh, you can find me there. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting whoever wants to uh, come aboard.
2: And I urge all of our listeners, uh, no matter how many employees you might have in your company, contact the Illinois Heroes Consortium. Contact Robert Lewis. Robert, thanks for your continued service and uh, come back and share those stories with us Um, to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on AM 560 The Answer. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560 The Answer. Thanks for tuning in.